Hello everyone and welcome to this interview with the amazing Rania. Welcome Rania. Hi. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on uh, to talk about your chronic fatigue syndrome recovery journey. It's been so special for me because I've got to witness it from the very, very start when you were in total overwhelm. And that's an understatement. It was a very murky, muddy, scary time for you two years ago. And to now be on this call with you and to see you, I know what you're up to in your life and it's so powerful what you're doing in the world. And we were just talking off air before about your art and your creative endeavors and how deep and profound that is. And so thank you one for just coming on and being courageous to share your story to the world. And two, thank you for not giving up. Yes. That's uh, true. It's been a very rough journey, especially at the beginning. You don't really see the light at the end of the tunnel, but I was very uh, reassured once I joined the CFS Health because I felt I was in a safe environment and I was open to listening, to learning, and knowing that all of the coaches are either CFS recovered people or close or very intimate with mm -hmm. what we're going through was such a blessing and, and how you chose the community, well-selected people that are optimistic and positive and willing to share. That was very powerful too, because I felt I was learning not only from the coaches, but from my colleagues in the team, uh, a lot of tips this journey was a discovery because I had to try things I never thought I would get into. Things as simple as breathing. I didn't realize, I didn't know how to breathe, <laughs> let alone find an exercise that actually works because it does help your body and your mind to calm. Um, the areas I looked into were areas that I heard about but n had never... Mm thought of trying even mindfulness. I always felt, oh, that's not for me. I just can't do this. But I, I tried everything. And I think the best thing was being in that environment where you're listening to others and seeing how sincere and genuine they are. And then you're not afraid to try it. And for example, they would send you, they could say, okay, try that video. I've been doing it and it's been helping me or try that. And little by little, I think what you do is you find those little tools that build up to create your recovery path yourself. And what I didn't understand at the beginning was, okay, so when am I going to get better? Okay, it's been a month. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling any different. What's going on? I was very impatient and struggling, obviously, because it, the symptoms you go through are very hard and they're not visible. You just look tired all the time. You just want to sleep and not sleep as in just sit on the couch. No, you need to lie down and properly sleep. And people just don't get it. You have those flu-like symptoms continuously. So <laughs> that's really tough to work with and nobody can see it. So I think that helped me just relax me a bit that everyone else in this group is in the same more or less either worse or better, but in the same pot. Um, and in a way it's good. You can see if people are worse, you try to bring them up. If people are better, they try to bring you up. So it's that kind of energy with the coaches, of course, guiding us and being totally chilled, non-judgmental. So it's been a wonderful journey to be in that community, but I've had read so much about it and looked at videos and the resonating thing was there's no cure. There's no magic pill. Doctors cannot help you. They can be as nice as possible, but they're like, okay, sorry, but you're going to have to find your own path. So it's hard to listen to that, but we're still better off than others. And being grateful is so important. I think things like gratitude journal, you've emphasized the importance. I still do it every day because it grounds you. Wow. And even the little things, so it could be anything, but you're just grateful for all the little things. So 
that's what happens after this journey. You are a different person. You're a better person. You're the best version. <laughs> before you joined the program, what were you like? Okay, before I joined the program, I was like a super achiever. As in, my standards are higher than anybody is setting for me at work or outside of work. But the most important thing I realized is I wasn't kind to myself. I didn't give myself any time to recharge. At some point, I was a single mom and working full-time with a very hard job, very tough emotionally. So managing those two and making sure I'm doing 100%, like being a perfectionist, meant I had zero time for myself. And I created zero time for myself. And now I look back, I'm like, this was crazy. But I had my own targets and I achieved them. But at the same time, I feel this was all at the expense of my health. So that's what I was like before. I was a super achiever at work and outside of work, at least trying my best always. Sometimes I think I'm going to write a book to share all of this because it's really helpful and maybe helping not only people with CFS, but people who risk burning out. And I had this visual, Toby, that I was running and I crashed on my face. This visual came and then I would just dismiss it. And it happened because all it took was a few traumas. Life happened. I didn't leave any space for life. So my father passed away. My mother-in-law was severely ill and there were just some situations that were very difficult to manage with the extremely full plate I had already. So all of that, adding a virus I caught in China whilst I was working, that was it. I was literally on the ground on my face like I had visualized it. But I wanted to share that story because I dismissed it. My body was talking to me and saying, Rania, this is not sustainable. You can't go on like that. And I was like, no, it's, it's okay. It's okay. I'm fine. I remember I listened a lot to everything as much as I could. And you said that this hits people with type A personality or mostly a lot of them are that kind. Yeah. And, and I can relate to that. But now I think, okay, I haven't changed in the sense that I always have dreams and I always have targets and that's never going to change. But I think how I achieve those is going to change. Yeah. And that must feel so nice. People at home are probably thinking, oh, she wasn't that bad. She mustn't have been that bad. Tell us in your darkest days, where were you at? I know, I know for a fact you couldn't exercise at the start. You couldn't do any movement that would make you feel worse. You tried and tried and you were getting post-exertional malaise. You were getting horrible symptoms. Where were you at? It's a good question, Tobia. Before I joined the program, I was going to work and then I wasn't able to drive to work anymore. And when I used to go to work and drive, I'd had to take an hour or an hour and a half nap at the office. I even got like a mattress foldable thing so I can literally regenerate my energy so I can get back home. And I pushed till the end. And then after a while, I just couldn't do it anymore. And I had to stop working. So now I've been on medical leave for 18 months and realized one of the things that we've learned that was really crucial, Toby, is the baseline. It took me a long time to get to that. I think I'm a bit stubborn. I realize I just, I don't give in that easily. You said something interesting off air before about it was really hard to do less. And I feel like what happened for you is you were working and you obviously had multiple things happen, virus, stress, trauma, and full steam of work and no time for Rani herself it was a good recipe for chronic fatigue syndrome. But you mentioned something before off air about it was easy to do more and push yourself and feel worse than it was to actually do less and feel good about it. Yes. So that was so hard, Toby, because I, I was getting coaching from the coaches and they were like, you need to start very slow. Just do two minutes of walk. In my head, I'm like, 
they must be joking, right? How am I going to do two minutes? Where am I going to walk for two minutes? It's not even a walk. Yeah, you were like, you need to do 40 minutes or 20 minutes. There, I wasn't able to do two minutes walk. That was impossible. For me, it was like, okay, but I'm doing two minutes, but I can do a bit more. Let me just go to the end of the road. I was never able to do that. It was very hard for me. If you tell me do 20 minutes and I'm tired, I think it would have been easier than stopping myself and saying, today, I'm only going to do two minutes of walk. That was very hard. I had a client once and she was an athlete and then she got sick with chronic fatigue syndrome. And when she came in to see me, I did exactly the same thing as the coaches did to you. I said, okay, this is what we're going to do today. And we did about, I think it was about three to four minutes inside our little movement mat. It was very restorative. It was very slow and it was very easy. And I watched for cues. I watched for uh, sweat. I watched for facial expressions. If, if it's looking like it's getting too hard, if her, uh, she's getting hot flushes. And I look for all these cues and I don't want any of them. I don't want any threshold above a three out of 10. And that was the rule of thumb back then when I first started helping people with chronic fatigue syndrome over almost uh, two decades ago now. And I said, okay, stop there. And it was perfect. It was the perfect amount of movement for her. I knew because she wasn't sweating. She didn't have hot flushes. I said, how do you feel? She said, I feel fine. I said, great, let's stop that. And she looked at me, she looked up and she goes, what do you mean? Literally. And I said, well, that's all for today. Uh, let's go back into my office and we'll talk about your next plan. And she said, but I'm not in pain or I'm not tired yet. And I said, that's the whole point. You're coming to see me because you're in pain and you're tired all the time. So let's change that. And it literally took six months to rewire her brain to do what was actually appropriate for where she was at, coming out of a viral state, coming out of infection and illness. And the coolest part was that when she finally understood it and got it, she was able to do it every day. And when she was able to do it every day, she was able to build up and within six months she was back in the gym and now years on she's traveling the world she's surfing she's doing all these crazy things but it was so hard to conceptualize what do you mean i'm not in pain and i'm not tired i need to push myself and be struggling and i said no that's not what you need yeah. it, i realized that was part of my acceptance to my condition maybe i was still resisting that and i realized months afterwards that my baseline was uh, home-based. So I stayed home-based, so not able to go out for more than a year. Mm. But as I had mentioned, maybe I needed to do other things before focusing on the movement Absolutely. and gaining the tools to calm my system down and reassure it before I start stressing it again with exercise and other stimulations. Yes. And that was my journey. But as I've learned each person in the group has a different journey and you just need to find it, which is the hardest thing. It's hard. It's hard coming in when you, exactly like you said, you're stubborn, you struggle with acceptance. It's a journey. It's not a click of the fingers. Everyone's different depending on what stage you're in. You were in a stage where there was 20 to 30 plus years of going so hard. You need to go inwards and get that energy back in your system. So you were in stage one, restore stage build up and restrengthen the stage and now you're in integration and living again and it's so cool to see the transformation you know many of our members really struggle when they first join the program they don't struggle because they struggle with the program they struggle in their mind the lack of initial progress for the first few yeah. weeks months yeah. And they start to really get stuck in this cycle of it's not working. And I know you literally said, I think I might cancel the program. Like I've made a little bit of improvement, but I'm not, you know, it's been good. Thank you. And for some reason you didn't, I think it was at the year point, actually, maybe movement hadn't happened yet. Actually, you were trying, but it just wasn't clicking. And thank God you didn't quit and you didn't give up and you stuck on it, even though it was boring, some of the stuff that you had to do and you were doing over time things clicked for you but i'd love you to talk about what was it like going through the first six months and just kind of feeling like you're hitting your head against a brick wall a little bit talk about that let's yeah. normalize this let's normalize this yeah the first six months were a nightmare 
because I felt stuck in my head and I'm learning all these things, but I'm not feeling any improvement whatsoever. So six months was really hard and the movement was just not working. I know every time I try, it's just not working. Little movements, I get like symptoms, flare-ups. I think nine months was where I realized, okay, my baseline is home-based and napping is a critical part of my getting better. So nine months was the part where I felt, okay, I think I'm getting this now, but it was still very frustrating because I was impatient. And I think the stubbornness came from not accepting my condition. So that's where I was pushing back because it was like, you know, this can't be it. I'll give you an example. Like when we first the baseline, I'm like, okay, I've nailed this. I can do this. And I did. And I'm like going too fast. And then I crashed. I'm like, okay, this is not working again. <laughs> so <laughs> so when I got to the understanding the baseline, but by that time, it was also accumulating all the tools to help me um, settle my nervous system. That's really what it was. Things like yoga nidra, breathing, a lot of other things that I've learned through the program. You choose what works for you, but it takes time for it to actually work and for you to do it well. So the combination of those two, that was the nine months turning point. And then one year, those three months were a little bit tough, but at least a bit more manageable because I wasn't crashing anymore. And that was a big deal because it feels horrible, like you described it, the valley of death. So not having that is already an improvement. So I started looking at it in a positive way for the first time. Which is so, wild to think about that. What's hard is probably like when you see someone who joins the program and within three months, they're like, I've nailed my baseline. Oh my God, I'm starting to go for walks. Some even go on holidays and they're like able to do stuff. And you're like, why isn't this working for me? One, you can't compare yourself to anyone yeah. else's journey. But two, you're just at a stage and you're not accepting the stage. And until you accept it, you're just not going to change it. How do you accept it though? There's people at home going, but I just can't. <laughs> I think time helps. And I think that it's important before you join to know that it's going to take time and, and actually the longer it takes, the more solid it is because you learn a lot more slowly. So it really sticks rather than doing something in three months, then you're off. You're going to go back to your old ways. You're not going to actually change in three months. Now I realized that I needed this time for me to really absorb every single element that you know we've been working on and it's not finished yet so i'm still in the life integration i'm working to get stronger i've joined the gym last week for the first time and i'm doing like personal coaching and i, I was almost in tears after all this time i'm actually in the gym it felt amazing. I can see normality. I can be that guy or that guy. You know? it, so it makes you appreciate the smallest thing. Now going to the gym, I'm always going to be telling myself, it's a privilege. You realize everything's a privilege. So I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's funny. I actually do remember a shift in you. You're so right. I think for the first six to eight months, you were like, it's been six months now. It's eight months now. Why am I better yet? It's not working. If you put a time pressure on you, you're like literally a pressure cooker. And you do not need more pressure with what you're currently going through. And I see that all the time. And I say, do not measure your recovery against time. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to take long. I think 12 months is a relatively short period of time. For some people, it's six months. For some people, it's seven. Who cares about time? But what you did is actually the biggest secret power that you probably don't even realize yourself. But when you stopped measuring time, there was a breath. And yeah. there was an allowance of, who gives a shit about time? I'm in the moment now. Very hard to be here now when you're putting yourself against a time measurement. If anyone could just get that right now and just realize if you just give yourself the time allowance and take the time off completely, freedom is right there yeah. at the doorstep.
literally. So true. I never thought about it this way, but you're right. Yeah. Mm. And I remember you saying something like one of the sessions, like nine months is nothing. No. And I was thinking, nine months is not nothing in my head. <laughs> That's a long time. <laughs> That's so good. I see. I... The funny thing is, obviously, I can't know what anyone else is thinking, but that's hilarious. And what I say is nine months is only nine lots of four weeks. Yeah, and you that's think right. The body and the brain takes time to physiologically adapt anyway. So to expect to make changes in especially three months and, and six months, usually we see good change around nine months by real tangible physiological. Yeah, yeah. Where you look in the mirror and you go, wow, my coloration right. on my skin my eyes are clearer, my skin's getting better, my hair's growing longer, my nails are looking better. Like you physiologically see the difference, but it's extremely hard to see huge tangible change within three months. It's only the starting point of physiological change then. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty damn cool. And it sucks that it was hard, but you, you needed it. I think you needed it to be that way in order to eventually change. And I think a member recently said the other day in an inside our private group, she said, I had no choice but to accept. Yeah. Because I did everything else to not accept and I'm still here, still sick, still struggling. Yeah. And so it was overnight for her after three years of struggle within herself to go, you know what? The fastest route to me getting better is just accepting where I'm at so I can start to get better. Yeah. Uh, that's very true. And I realize now how deep the change is. So that doesn't happen overnight. And the tools you learn are for life. What does that mean? How deep the change is? What does that mean? So you're so much more alert and aware of yourself, your body. I was thinking about a silly example, like how people get hangry because they're hungry. You're nervous because you're hungry, but it's the same kind of concept with your body where you know you need five minutes just to do this tool or that tool that you've learned, uh, or just go into nature or do those activity that gives you energy rather than gives energy out or takes energy out. You are constantly thinking about this and you have a library of tools that you can just use as and when needed. Whereas before that was not part of your thing. You're just crashing or hangry or whatever. Now you have all those tools to protect you along the way. You're not afraid to push yourself a little bit because you know you've got something to fall back on so you make progress. I don't know if that makes any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, you, when you were able to restore energy into your body once you calmed the nervous system down and got your baseline correct, then you were able to push yourself because there was energy to be able to be used and utilized. And it was a navigating period of progress, maintain, progress, maintain, which is what we teach inside the program. You said yoga nature was really helpful and we have a whole list of stuff for, for all of our members to utilize. And and for, for some people, yoga nature isn't what they need. Breathing, restorative breathing exercises is better and we have all that too. At the start, when you were struggling, it was acceptance, baseline, and probably yoga nature were the three to stabilize. Would that be right? Yeah. 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 Okay. I would say that. And naps. Exactly. Um, structured naps throughout the day. Structured. Exactly. Yeah. Wasn't just like you yeah. sleep when you're exhausted. You had set times that you would sleep. When I was really poorly, yeah. I just crash twice a day. I would nap twice a day because I'm not able to finish even the first half until midday. Uh, but then I started doing it just once a day. And also getting your guidance about when is the best time to nap, not to do it after 3 p.m. so you don't affect your night's sleep, things like that. Don't I remember telling you, Miss Romeo, you, your sleep was all over the place. And I said, I'd actually prefer you to schedule your sleeping during the day than just sleep randomly at, the, at any time that you feel like it. What you were worried about, there was a question once and you said, my body's exhausted and I just need to sleep. Is it okay if I sleep? And I said, absolutely. If your yeah. body is telling you that you need sleep, you can't force it not to. It's not natural to go against what your body and brain is asking of. I actually needed to hear that, Toby, I think, at that time. It was almost like allowing myself to rest and realizing it's actually part of the recovery. And I'm glad I did. I planned every day around the nap because I know I'm going to need it. And I'm going to make sure I'm going to get it. 
So it's disruptive, but it, I still really respected that, so to speak. Yeah, so it's part of your routine, not a hindrance on your routine. And I think to yeah. see it as a healing balance, I think it's so yeah. powerful. And so we do have a set rule inside the program. It's not a set rule. You can be flexible, but ideally you are going to be having structured naps in the day just for people at home. You want to be making sure that it's between the times of 10 a.m. in the morning and 3 p.m. In the, in the afternoon. You don't want to nap too much longer than that in, in terms of like beyond those set frameworks because it'll upset your circadian rhythm. And if you don't see the sunlight before the the sun goes down again after you wake up, it's totally confusing for your brain. Uh, but nutrition also plays a huge role too. Your breakfast times, your lunch times, your dinner times, your snack yeah. times. All of this sets your circadian rhythm up properly. One more thing I think was really helpful is keeping a diary, a gratitude diary. And I remember you mentioning and giving us tools to for the ones that overdo it, which is probably the majority of people in the group, <laughs> making a list of the things you want to do and then just do half or less than half. So managing your expectations and planning your day in a way that's manageable was important at that point. But what I still keep on doing now is that gratitude journal, because I honestly feel it changes your brain, how it works, and you're constantly positive. I was always a positive person, but I think now I'm even more because you're used to it and it trains you to look at the glass half full. As you're talking, I'm thinking it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. Yeah, I like that. I don't have a copy of my daily planner here on me. It's been in the main office, but inside our daily planner, we have a whole morning routine, which only takes two to three minutes at a time. And it's literally a gratitude list. We have a to be list, which is preparing you to get into a state of what you really want to be like. And then we have an intention list, not a to-do list. And the intentions list is cool because as you said, Ron here, it's giving yourself permission to not have to do it all. But if you don't plan your day, the day plans you. And and that's why structure and routine is so damn important. And that's why we have a new daily imperfect imperfect routine training. Mm. It's one of our biggest trainings that I spent so much time on this one because it's so important. Like it's so simple that people just don't even think about it. And that is the game changer. If you just do this and get it right for where you're at right now, this is literally like the ground that supports you for the rest of your recovery. That sounds amazing. I've learned so much and I think I'm going to take a lot of this still with me along the journey. Some things you do less of because you don't need it anymore, but you know it's there in case you do. This is what we call body wisdom. Ultimately, what we teach is body wisdom. The other thing I wanted to mention is we talked about how you do things, not what you do. And I think this is so powerful. And it's about also connecting more to your gut feel I think it's got brains, your emotional side. You need to connect with it more and do things you actually want to do. It sounds ridiculous, but it's true. And it will change your day because you feel like doing, feel like cooking, or you want to tidy up this cabinet because you're going to feel good about it. Because your mind can go a bit haywire when that's part of the illness. Your mind is just going completely berserk and you need to calm it down so you can't follow your mind all the time because it's going to take you in 20,000 different directions so you have to ground it and the grounding comes from feeling okay I feel I need to rest I need to sit in the garden I need to do this and the more you practice that the better you are at it and the calmer you are as well so true yeah it just makes me so happy that one of the things that we know for sure is that CFS Health makes a ripple effect across the entire world. And it's people like you who live this and breathe this. And just by you doing that, it has a ripple effect in your home, in the people that get to meet you in yes. a single day, the people that will now meet you in the gym or at your art exhibition, which I can't wait to talk about in a second. It's a ripple effect. I want to just touch on something really that I think would help a lot of people at home you and then we'll get into what you're up to now you mentioned just a moment ago about i've got all these tools but i don't need to do what i used to do anymore but i know they're there if i need them and i think that's something that we don't speak about enough 
And it's this idea that people think that they need to do everything that they did in their recovery forever. And it's certainly not true. No. It's a big myth. And I'd love you to share just your insight on that because it's absolutely brilliant that you're saying this because what got you here won't get you there. And what people don't realize is that they keep doing the same thing, even though they're better. They might not be fully better, but they're like 60%, 70% better than what they were. And they're still doing the stuff that they were doing when they were at their worst. And they're wondering why they're not actually integrating back into life. And the thing that I say to them is you're actually getting healthier. And so you don't always have to do the stuff that you were doing when you were really sick anymore. There's going to be things you'll do now that are really beneficial because they give you energy. They feel good. They make you. Was that a natural thing that came to you? I don't need to do that anymore. How does that work? I think recently I realized I'm trying different things. So for example, I used to do yoga nidra and then nap. So I have a restful sleep. And then I thought, okay, let me try to do yoga nidra and maybe shorten the nap. And then I read somewhere that if you do 20 minutes, you don't go into deep sleep, you still get the rest. So I tried that. Sometimes I was too tired, it didn't work, but then eventually I managed to do that. And then eventually now, if I'm tired, I just do yoga nidra for 20 minutes and I'm fine. So you reduce it and then you can still go back. So if one day I'm totally exhausted for whatever reason, I'll nap. It's not a problem. My body needs it, but it doesn't mean I'm going to have to nap every day. Does that answer the question? Totally. Yeah, yeah, it's the loosening of the, the grip, isn't it? And um... It's a process as well, and uh, it's just healthy. Like, this is what a healthy person will do, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and the the other thing, Toby, uh, about the energy in and things that really nurture you, Qigong was one because it brings you energy. And I know you have that in the program. It's great. Obviously, nutrition, pet love, my dog. Oh, it's giving me so much support and love when I'm napping. She's there by my side, obviously family, but the pets connect with you in a very special way when you actually need it. Painting, I know we're going to get on to that, but it was energy in for me. I wasn't able to do it at the beginning. That's how bad I was. I put it in my to-do list. So doing a stacking list of things that are good for me and getting into that routine Painting was one of them. Every day I saw, even if I do 10 minutes, just holding the brush and doing something does something to you positively. And that's what I wanted to share with you and whoever's going to be watching is try to know the things that nurture you, that are energy in. You have to try, you have to trust your gut feel and keep them as a to-do list. We always have to-do lists of things we don't want to do. So I started doing to-do lists of things that are good for me. Whether I want to do them or not, they're good for me. Let's start with that. And then we'll do the rest of the to-do list, the stuff that you don't all like. So it's that kind of mindset where you put yourself first and your needs first, not because you're selfish, because you need to care for yourself. I'm a giver, but I forget about myself, which is not good. So if you end up helping others and not helping yourself first that's not going to be good for anyone selfish has such a bad rap yeah how you reframed it was perfect selfish is self-care it's not being mean or no arrogant or anything like that i think you need fuel and you don't realize it until you crash you need fuel to be able to do the things you love to be able to help and give others and, and that's what you need to learn to do, or I had to learn to do. And another thing was affirmations and tapping. At first, I'm like, what is that tapping thing? You can be very skeptical about all these things because they're new tools, but they actually work because you reprogram your brain in a positive way and you can heal yourself. And I think that's what it, the journey is about, is learning how to heal yourself. It's not going to happen in three months. For sure. And that's what I like about our program is it's flexible in the sense that like we don't teach tapping it's not in our program but the fact that you can pick and choose your tools of what resonates in you i hate it when i see people online going you just have to do this this is the only way and it's usually the self 
interest in that. But that's what I love that you have the freedom to choose and explore and know what's right for you. And you've done it. You're doing it. You're living it and you're breathing and you've done it. Rania, where are you at now? Tell us some exciting things that you're up to there. Because <laughs> you've done a lot. Were you on holidays recently? Where were you? Yeah, I went to Egypt because my family is there. So I had to go to do something family related. And then I thought I'd spend some time by the sea. I was alone, which was great. I actually enjoyed some time on my own to reflect. She after this really horrible journey, or not horrible, but hard, hard. And I realized it, what I really want to do is do more painting. And I realized how healing it was. So I, I took a room overlooking the sea. I thought I'm going to treat myself, do this properly. I took a picture of the sunset and then I started painting in my room. I'm like, okay, I've got this idea. I'm going to teach art as part of a therapy or well-being where people feel good. I'm going to take away the fear and help them recreate this view and teach a class. And I spoke to the hotel and they're considering this. So I want to do this is basically go to a fantastic location and do a three-day course where I can help people recreate a beautiful spot in a simple way, taking away the fear. And I thought, okay, let me try to do this. And I'll do this really quickly, perfectly imperfect, as you said. And, and now I have these ideas coming up and I'm still not back at work. Uh, I still need to figure things out. I'm not there yet. But I was thinking the painting is something I can do on the side anyway. It's not going to take away from whatever direction I end up going to. But it feels liberating just talking about it. I'm excited about it. I went to a course like that in the south of France and the tutor wasn't that helpful. He just let you do your own thing. And I thought I can do this better because it can be intimidating to be in front of a canvas with colors like, where do I start? So if you take that fear away, you can actually get that huge pleasure and healing. And at the same time, I was thinking people outside of Egypt can be a little nervous about going to Egypt. Where do they go? So if I can organize something where it's going to be a, an amazing place, it's going to be perfect, safe, and you're going to go to this magical spot and you can do painting, yeah. I think would be a nice option. So that's what I'm working on. I'm still waiting for the hotel to respond, but they love the idea and it's run by Germans. So they're super organized, which I love. <laughs> 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 I'm really excited about this idea and I'm going to do it anyway, regardless of my direction. I, I'm still a bit nervous about getting back to work and how I do it and all that, but I'm not jumping into anything yet. And at least if I am fulfilled with my passion, that is enough for me. Then work is not the place of love and we don't need more of the the culture of the fast pace and no, the idea no. that you, you have to grind all the time. and yeah. It's making people happy. You know, you're doing that with your program. You're helping people get better and be happier on the other side. It's so powerful to feel that even if you do this on a small scale, it feels good. And I, I think it's just replicating this feeling. So I, I want to do that, but I think... If I hadn't slowed down, Toby, I would have never even gotten those ideas, right? You need to slow down, connect with yourself and just think, okay, actually, this is what I want to do. It's going to happen. I'm going to try this and try that and give this a bit of a push. If you feel strongly about it, it's going to happen. And I feel it. It's going to make people excited and happy and maybe they find themselves through painting. You put up a post, let me see if I can find it just quickly, because I absolutely loved it. And I, and I saw this post on uh, Facebook oh, of you yeah. uh, doing your first exhibition in Brighton, paintings on display and all your paintings in the background, which is just super, super cool. Yeah, that was unreal. Oh, it was a dream come true. Crazy. I'm just looking at the detailing that one behind is like, I don't, I don't know. This is St. Ives in Cornwall, and it's actually based on a picture. So when you see it, it almost looks like a picture. It literally does. I'm just looking at it like I, I actually haven't paid full attention to it until right now, but like the detail on that, it's 
even the water and the ripples are just absolutely insane. Wow. It's so cool to see someone explore their creativity so freely and allowing them for that to become their purpose. And I don't think you would have realized this was possible until you went through what you've gone through. Yes. I totally agree with that. It is my purpose. I need it every day. Just hold the brush and even if it's 10 minutes, I need it. So it's quite powerful. And actually, it helped heal me because it was the only thing I was able to do at some point and enjoyed it tremendously and feel like there's a result because it's very frustrating when you're ill and you're not able to do anything. You struggle with the daily things. So I felt good that I'm able to slowly achieve little things, little by little, but I see the progress and it was very nurturing. So I'm not going to stop. <laughs> so good. Ronnie, before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for being here and being you. Thank you so much. The second thing before we go is I'd love to ask you two questions. One, for the people at home, they're alone, they're isolated and they're suffering. If you had any words of wisdom to share with them today, what would it be? It's a hard one. I think accept where you are is the most important thing. And the sooner you do, the sooner you're going to get better. And follow the guidance and things that help you, even if it feels outside of your comfort zone or things that you haven't considered before, because actually it's a new learning and you'll find some of these tools extremely powerful. I was joking with you before about yoga nidra. I didn't even know if I was doing it right. And like, how's that going to help me? But I persevered. So I think you need to persevere and accept where you are and not give up. Never give up. Like I said, there was a moment where I felt like you were going to stop the program and you were halfway there. I could see that you were making progress and I see this a lot and it upsets me when I see someone leave thinking that that's all there is. And it's like they've improved, but they're not fully there yet. And for some reason, through your own choices and decisions, you stayed in the program. And that extra time in the program was profound for you. It all accumulated, all that first year of work and time. And then well, it was just like on your way. What advice do you have for people who are on the fence about joining the program? They're scared, they're skeptical, they're like, is it even worth it? Were you skeptical at the start when you joined the program? Did you have doubts and fears? Of course, I was skeptical about recovering full stop because it's such a strange illness and it's so misunderstood or not understood at all. So going in, I'm always skeptical, but I have to say that the first thing that struck me in this program is the community. And I mentioned that to you. And that includes the coaches because they're all amazing. They're all recovered. So they know exactly what you're going through. It's not secondhand knowledge. What you learn from the coaches is strong, but also what you learn from the team members is super strong because they're going through the same journey. You will not find an environment where people can understand you as well as this kind of community. You show up and it's okay if you haven't brushed your hair, if you're wearing your pajamas, you're, you're still in bed because you can't be bothered to sit down or you're too tired. There's a saying something about, you want to go alone, go alone. But if you want to go far, yes. do it together. Yes. And I totally believe in that. So that would be my advice is give it a shot. And I want to say something, and I also noticed that about all the team members is I think with the personality types, we're just not the type that are passive. And you'll find that people are still doing their own discovery journey in parallel to yours, which is fine. And what I made sure of is when I do my the, in parallel journey, I want to make sure it's aligned with the same concepts. So it's digging deeper or dig digging in a different way, but you're still 
not deviating, if that makes any sense. You want to learn, you read this book or you find this person and that's fine because you might learn some gems and you will find yourself wanting to bring him back to the group and saying, oh, I'm trying this and it's working. It's helping me. I can do this. So I think that kind of support is very powerful, Toby. And even though my journey was tough, as I said, acceptance was hard, but I would not have done this without this community and this strong environment because you're not alone. And that's the hardest thing about this illness is you feel completely alone. Uh, at the beginning, even people around you, your family, they don't understand what you're going through. They want to, but they struggle. And once they do, they're very supportive, but you are on your own. So being in a community where everybody understands you don't even have to explain it in detail is powerful. So that's what I would say. Thank you so much. I'm just so proud of you. Like I'm just so proud of this, like, you know, I just know your journey was so hard. Um, yeah. I just know you had so many times where you felt like giving up and you didn't and you kept persevering and you kept showing up and the world's your oyster now. And I'm so excited to see the colors and, and fruit that you create in your life. One thing you posted uh, a message to me when I was leaving CFS and it was a bit heartbreaking to leave that community, but I made some really good friends and I'm very grateful for that. But you said something like fly and I thought, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're so ready to fly. We love it when we get emails saying, hey, I'm ready to leave the program. I've got my life back. And I know that I can see it when I see it. And I knew with you, it was like, you're ready to fly, going out to time. I'm very grateful to have bumped into you. And it's funny, Erin, when I did the interview, she's like, how did you find out about us? I'm like, honestly, I don't know. I think it found me. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't remember maybe because I'm doing a lot of searches and stuff and it just popped up and I'm like, oh, look at that. What you're doing is powerful, Toby, because the worst thing is when you go to doctors and they can't help you. There's no system in any country that really dug deep into this to help people. So the fact that you have a community that at least can get you on the right track and with your own pace gets you to what you need to focus on is quite powerful. And, you know, it wasn't cheap, but I never thought about the cost because it's irrelevant when you're that low. It it doesn't matter what it costs. What you're getting is so much more your life back, basically. Mm. Was it worth doing the program? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Rania, thank you so much. Ah. Thank you, Toby. It's been a pleasure. And, and I think uh, we need to do a workshop inside the program for our members with you because you've got so much wisdom that I think we can do a spotlight session and share some no problem anytime I'll keep you posted on my adventures and projects <laughs> yeah, we're in for a painting session for the members though yeah I would love that thank you, thank you so much <laughs> okay bye Toby bye best of luck hey I hope this video was really helpful for you if you haven't already please hit the like button and feel free to leave a comment what was your takeaway your insight from today's video it's really helpful to actually write your learnings down we seem to be better better and it seems to help us move forwards with life here are three ways we can help you right now whenever you're ready the first way is make sure you add yourself into our free information recovery group on facebook we'll leave a link in the description below it's a really supportive, encouraging place. There's no negative venting. You can ask questions to other people. There's something like seven, 8,000 people in there right now. And I'm sure by the time you're watching this video, there's even more. So go over there right now. We share success stories. We share our latest free trainings that come to the public. And we always share upcoming information about upgrades inside our program. And also when we offer free webinars or free information nights that can further help you with your own recovery. The second way we can help you, which is one of my favorite, is through all our free trainings. We're going to leave a link in the description with our favorite free trainings that we know can help you 
start your recovery whether that's through our baseline training, which will help you stop pushing and crashing, our three stages of recovery to figure out exactly where you're at and know what to do next, or my favorite, which is our guest panel workshop, which was actually exclusive for our members. It was so damn good that I actually asked them, can we share this to the public? They all said yes, all five of them. So thank you past members. They share their five recovery secrets and it's really powerful. There's tears, there's aha moments, there's real key insight and inspiration. And so whether you're a one out of 10 and you're really struggling right now, or whether you're further along in your recovery journey and you're integrating back into life, we have you covered. The third way we can help you is through our actual paid online recovery program, the mentorship recovery program. And if you are interested in getting proper help, a holistic comprehensive plan, professional coaching from the best coaches in the world, whether that's with mindset, movement, nutrition, restorative movement, reconditioning, integrating back into life, integrative medicine, baseline, structure, routine, accountability, all things health and life. Feel free to apply for the program today. All you need to do is click on the form, cfshealth.com slash form, fill out the short two to three minute form application and the team will be in touch with all the details that you need to know about the program via email. So make sure you check your spam folder for all the free trainings. If you've sent through an application, please be patient. My team are real people, okay? They're not robots. So if we don't get back to you within seconds or hours, it's okay. <laughs> we will get back to you. If you don't hear from the team within two to three days, that means that it's basically gone to spam or junk and it's gone missing. So please send a follow-up email to the team at info at cfshealth.com. If you have any questions, go check it out. But I would highly recommend adding yourself into the free group right now. Go click on that link in the description. Go download all the free trainings. Honestly, the whole reason why this whole thing started is because when I went through this myself, it was so painful and so excruciating that I didn't want anyone else to have to go through it. And some of these free trainings are so damn valuable. Back then, I would have paid thousands of dollars for. We've had so many comments and emails and posts saying, oh my God, the baseline training was a game changer for me. Toby, I've been doing this now for three months and I'm feeling so much better. My symptoms are decreasing. I've got more stamina. I've got more energy. I'm able to do more things. So, you know, whether you're learning from us and consuming our content through our free format, I'm so stoked, whether that's in our paid program, I don't really care either way. All I want to make sure is that you are moving forwards. You are starting to really implement this work. And that's really what it's all about. Once we implement, we make change and we start to move forwards, sending you a ton of love. Of course, feel free to consume as much of the YouTube videos as you like. There's so many really, really great ones, new and old, sending you a ton of love and uh, speak to you very, very soon. All the best for now.